This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, or should I say, hey there, my friends, it's your lightning fast buddy, and welcome to another electrifying episode of Equity Mates, where we're not just sprinting through the world of investing, we are breaking world records. As always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren, and who am I? Uh, Bryce, you are Usain Bolt. Yes. I actually was going to say you're Lightning McQueen. Now, that's a reference that I don't think you'll get. I don't think so, no. No, you haven't seen the classic Disney movie Cars. Not to be able to reference that. Yeah, no. your pop no. culture knowledge is <laughs> no. uh, subpar. But uh, <laughs> Usain Bolt. Correct. Done again. Well done. He's done it again. Uh, note for producer Sasha, we need to make this harder, please. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, Bryce, like Usain Bolt, we've got a lot to get through in a short space of time. That analogy doesn't quite work because he actually runs shorter distances. Yes. Like Lightning McQueen, let's keep rolling. Yes. Uh, We're here to talk all things investing. And as a reminder, as we get started, whilst we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal financial circumstances. This show is for education and entertainment purposes only. The one drawback of getting ChatGPT to translate your introduction is that the disclaimer often gets lost. Well, we can get it, get ChatGPT to do the disclaimer, but I feel like that would yeah, be yeah, uh, legally irresponsible yeah, anyway. Anyway, a lot to get through today. We're answering a question from Equimate's listener, Will, uh, about all things leveraged ETFs. And the timing on that was good because uh, you've done a lot of work on leveraged ETFs recently. So excited to hear about that. We're going to be rejoined by Specky McGee. Now, people <laughs> who are new to the show, first of all, welcome. Secondly, you're in for a treat. Specky McGee is our anonymous Specky tipster. Uh, he gets a lot of information across his desk that he brings to the show <laughs> via the Specky Information hotline. is debatable. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, but first of all, Bryce, let's get to the news of the moment because there is a lot going on. The earnings fire hose continues over in the United States. Um, but first of all, unfortunately, we are in a correction. We are in a correction, Ren. It's sort of snuck up on us. Now, if technically a correction occurs when you are, the market drops 10% from its high and then you hit a bear market once you're 20% or more below the most recent high. Now, now, now technically, I actually don't think we're in a correction in Australia. 
No, sorry, US. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And technically, I actually think we've already come out of it. Oh, really? We've bounced back well, since the time of writing this? Yeah, I think it's... I was looking this morning and I think it's less than 10%. Oh, damn. Well, at the time of putting that in the note, we but, were at 10. But, but like, you know, there or thereabouts, the, the number is kind of arbitrary, 10%, 9%. The fact of the matter is we've seen a bit of a sell-off recently. Yeah, well, the market seems just to be going sideways at the moment, like within that sort of 10%, and this is sort of from, I would say, I'm, well, I'm not going to say it, was from sort of late July. Sorry, I'm just, you said I going to say, and then you said I'm not going to say, and then you said it anyway, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it alluded to that I was just going to make up an arbitrary date and be like, oh, I reckon it was from this point in time. But so did you or? No, that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> no, keep that. So from mid-July, uh, it's been trading sideways somewhat and the, the trend has been down, I think, uh, at the time of looking into this. Sorry, from mid-July, it hasn't been trading sideways. It's down 10%. Well, we're back up. <laughs> <laughs> it's down now 7.5% yeah, okay. from the end of July. Yeah. So in the last week, it's up about 3%. For me, like all of this conversation is so arbitrary and so short term. Yeah. yeah. American market's up 11% for the year. Yeah. Crazy. The Australian market... ASX 200 is down 2%. But yeah, for me, it's just the, like- The, the NASDAQ's up 35% year to date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and everyone talks about the Magnificent Seven, yeah. the big tech stocks who have- This is S&P 500. Without the big seven, I think the S&P 500's up 0.1% or something. It's like they've just driven it. Big tech stocks. They, yeah, and they continue to. Year to date, 35%. I think my bold prediction was going to be 3%. Yeah, well, we were coming into the year and things were looking pretty gloomy. Yeah, 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 very gloomy. Anyway, look, I think my thoughts on this is the overall market is driven by the performance of individual companies and the performance of individual companies is really tied to the broader economy at the moment. Mm. And the story that we've been living through all of last year and all of this year is the inflation and interest rate stories. And here in Australia, that story had another page written uh, with data that came out last week from the Bureau of Statistics. Yeah. Uh, so this data for the September quarter, inflation data, surprised on the upside. And in this case, surprising on the upside is bad. The consumer price index rose 1.2% for the quarter. Economists expected 0.9%. Now, that difference doesn't sound like a lot, but the fact that it was higher than expected isn't great. The 12 months to September 2023, inflation is 5.4%. Again, higher than or higher than desired. And what that means is that higher rates are coming. Higher rates are coming. Interestingly, overnight, the Federal Reserve at the time of recording held rates where they were in the US. Yeah. But it, the, the sense was that they're definitely not going down for a while. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's no certainties in life and investing, but it's the Melbourne Cup next Tuesday. Yeah. And there is a short odds favorite for next Tuesday. And it's not any of the horses running. <laughs> it's, it's an interest rate rise. It's an interest rate rise. Because the yeah. RBA also meets on Melbourne Cup Day, first Tuesday of every month. Uh, Melbourne Cup is first Tuesday of November. I was listening to Comedian The Economist this morning. Great podcast. Go and give it a listen. Also, Adam from Comedian The Economist hosted the buy, hold and sell episode that came out on the Equity Mates podcast last Tuesday and will be out again tomorrow. And so go and listen to CVE if you want more from Adam and his brother Thomas. They were talking about the potential of an interest rate rise and this inflation data. Bond market is pricing uh, is 
giving it a 90% chance that there will be an interest rate rise at this meeting, Mm. 90%. So if you rewind six months ago, maybe within the last six months, the consensus has been that there will be one more rate rise this year. But I think that was probably said at a time where these inflationary pressures were not surprising on the upside. What is also interesting, we're talking in the office before recording, is that house prices are at near record highs again here in Sydney and the, 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 the RBA needs to take the sting out of this stuff. So, I don't think, yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't think that that's possible. No. With the, like, with the migration numbers. But then, how, that, do, they then need to, do they then need to look at how they're actually measuring because housing costs yeah. rent goes into yeah. cpi yeah we're moving out of our house for um for we bought a house obviously yes. i told my landlord that we were moving and that uh we had some mates who wanted to move in and could take over the lease they were prepared to pay more than we were currently paying we're currently paying 750 bucks a week yep. for a call it a two betty. It's a one betty plus a small study. Mm. They then went to the landlord who has already increased our rent 25% in the last 12 months. The landlord came back and said, I'm taking it from 750 to 950. <laughs> 950 Wild. a week. Yeah. $200 increase in rent. And like, you can't, like, they just said, we know we're going to get it. Yeah. Like, we're going to get this. And yeah. so, like, Far out. How, how do the RBA take that into consideration? Interest rates, I'm going to, yeah. I mean, interest rates is. are a pretty blunt instrument. And when the two biggest contributors to the continued inflation numbers are housing costs, which is just a supply and demand problem at the moment, and fuel, fuel. which is a war in the Middle war. East problem at the moment, yeah. there's not a lot that interest rates can do yeah. except destroy demand yeah. and that's an economic term for literally just price people into Make not being able to spend. To spend. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a scenario we want to get so to. So th- like, there's not a good answer here. The IMF also came out last week and said that Australia needs to keep lifting rates to bring down inflation. But it's, yeah, you know, like interest rates could go to 8%, but if there's war in the Middle East and we're adding double the amount of people as houses we're building feels like structurally you don't have a good answer there so unfortunately like this is a very the very unsatisfying part of the show where we <laughs> lament something <laughs> well i'm just thinking we should probably don't get, have a lot of we should probably try and get chris on the phone for 15 minutes but that'd be near impossible chris probably, yeah just yeah. to get his sense because as we've said multiple times he has somewhat thought that there's another large trench tra- tranche of rises coming so mm. Anyway. Well, to close out the interest rate conversation, last week we spoke about the choice between fixed and variable rates for your home loan. Yeah. Uh, I asked in the Facebook discussion group after the episode what people thought. Not surprising, strong opinions. Variable. The the majority thought variable, yeah. They, the majority, um, there was one, uh, Ryan in the Facebook discussion group, he, he made the point that the house always wins and the banks in this case are the house and they're going to put a fixed rate at a point where they are going to win. Win, yeah, yeah. Which, is what which is what they've done. We've figured out. My, like- my thought back to Ryan is that the house certainly didn't win the last few years. With fixed. Like people who fixed their rate when there was a one or a two in front of it. True. They definitely beat the banks. So I don't know if the house always wins. I don't know. Like for me, you know, what we're talking about now 
is there not going to be another one rise? You probably want to stay variable if it's going to be like three, if four. If you're looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you want to be fixed. Yeah. The but, good news is it doesn't have to be a decision that is made and yeah. locked in from day one. Yeah. So that's that's probably allowing me to sleep at night. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news is that you your rent isn't going from – 600 and something to 950. I know. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's greedy. Oh, let's not get Any, into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on anyway, because there is plenty anyway. more news happening. Yep. Uh, Twitter. X. X. Yeah, headline that grabbed the, my attention this week. They, uh, If we rewind to when, I've said rewind twice now, rewind to when Musk bought Twitter at a $44 billion valuation, had to uh, borrow, I think, or well, he put in about 14 or $15 billion himself, borrowed the rest from the big banks. It is now valued at $19 billion, so he's wiped off a considerable chunk. This is based on the shares that are now being offered to staff members at $45 a share. So that's what X are valuing themselves at, $19 billion. Rumor has it that Musk is trying to drive this company down to a point where he can then buy back the debt from the major banks that are, that uh, took it off him or that have, I guess, given him the money and then he can uh, take full control. Apparently, in a situation where these big investment banks come in and, and uh, do buyouts like they have, they then actually go and on-sell the debt to... Uh, but no one's buying the X debt at the yeah. moment. So they're yeah. stuck with it. So there's uh, rumors that Musk himself wants to buy it back. Speaking of uh, companies down the toilet, Ren, also WeWork are rumored to be filing for bankruptcy within the next week or so. The share price has tanked 50%. It could be the end of WeWork. Yeah, what a story. <laughs> that was, what, a $45 billion company at one stage? Yeah. Adam Newman, the founder... Walks away with a billion, a billion dollar yeah. handshake as yeah. part of the, uh, like he was, he, he was just forced out of the company dollars, yeah. and he, but he got a bill, billion yeah. dollars to walk away, yeah. which is more than any WeWork shareholders will get. Uh, it's currently worth $121 million. Yeah. Unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. But anyway, let's move to the earnings because it is continuing over in the States and uh we're going to just do a bit of a summary. Last week we did big tech and big tech is getting bigger, but there are some other key takeaways that are coming out of this reporting season. Yeah, two key ones. First one is the inflation story continues. Yep. Now, um, over in the US, uh, the Fed Federal Reserve decided not to raise interest rates, kept them in that 5.25 to 5.5% band. So it's, you know, it's meaningfully higher than Australia's. But um, what we're seeing in companies reporting numbers is inflation coming through. So McDonald's reported a 14% increase in revenue and an 8% increase in same store sales despite falling foot traffic. So less customers but increasing revenue means one thing. Increased prices. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get at me about increased basket size because it's not that. It's increased prices that are driving this. Yeah. yeah. Increasing uh, the Big Macs and whatever else. Are you just going to list them in your yeah, I was yeah. thinking I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> um, and then another big food player, Coca-Cola, they reported an 11% in non-gap revenue growth. So like how they account for it. So 11% revenue growth, just for simplicity. Uh, and they said that was made up of 2% volume growth. So selling more Coke and other products and 9% price or mix growth. So Mix is like selling more expensive products, but again, it's the price of the products going yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So two big American staples, 
inflation is coming through the system still. We saw that with Coles and Woolies, I think, when they reported. So not surprising, particularly in retail when this is all pushed through. Second takeaway, Ren, the EV hype has now turned into the EV reality. Mm, Yes. mm. Stop thinking about EV companies as tech stocks and start thinking of them as capital-intensive, low-margin Manufacturers, yeah, because yeah. that's what car makers are, and and the reality is starting to hit for a lot of these companies. So Tesla's share price is down eighteen percent since it's reported a couple of weeks ago. It had to cut prices to hit sales targets, so obviously that affected revenue and profit. Ford, who have made a massive bet on EVs, I think they said they were going to spend twelve, 12 billion, billion over yeah. a certain period of time. Uh, their EV business unit posted a loss of 1.33 billion for the quarter, which was bigger than the quarter before. They had plans to build a like a mega campus for lithium ion batteries in Kentucky in the States. They've put that on hold. They've got another big project they're building in Tennessee that's gonna go ahead, but they are slowing down their spending as their losses increase. General Motors is also pushing back production of its new slate of EVs, um, again, just Demand isn't quite where they want it to be and pricing is not quite where they want it to be. Yeah, so it feels like they've all taken bets when Tesla was absolutely screaming away. They've all taken bets, want to get in the game. I think that's an interesting point though, Ren. I can't remember where I heard it. Maybe it was on a podcast or or on the news that there was a survey done maybe 12 or 18 months ago to see the, I guess, the desire for Americans to buy EV vehicles. That has now, they've redone it. And it's now got worse. Like America, more Americans have said they're less likely to buy EVs now than they were 18, 24 months ago. Mm. It's an interesting story like across the board as well. Just ESG generally feels like... It's out of fashion. It's out of fashion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like funds are getting pumped. A big investment, I guess, firms that had all of this strategic plays around ESG are pulling back on what they're doing. It's really interesting to see how the consumer is changing their tune yeah. when it comes to this stuff. It'll turn. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I've seen a lot more pole stars in Australia. I don't know if you've noticed that. What are like pole stars? The EV. Are they the, is that the T? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's meant to be a... Like a... Like a yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I got in an Uber and it was one of them. It was pretty nice. The thing that all these EVs have big sunroofs. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. Tesla's got them. Yeah. This one has it as well. I want an EV. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really hard when you don't have somewhere to be able to charge it. That is a key <laughs> consideration. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I I think the the EV story isn't going away. Like it's just that there's more competition, and yeah, you're right. There's a general sort of anti-ASG sentiment in some parts but you know the the story is also these Chinese and European car makers are having a red hot crack like BYD continues to go from strength to strength the Chinese car maker and and more of the Europeans are getting involved um so it's just it's it's car making has never been as uh, yeah sexy as sexy as yeah 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 yeah. 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 maybe in like the early 1900s when you know. And these car makers also don't have someone like Musk in the media leading them, pumping them up, mm. being the salesman yeah, that yeah, has yeah. really led to half of Tesla's valuation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for EVs to get where they need to be from an environmental perspective, we've got to start thinking, stop thinking of Teslas as lux- luxury cars, you know, like the 
the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis and start thinking of them as Toyota Camrys. Yeah. And Toyota Camrys <laughs> are mass market, yeah. low margin products. Yeah. And that's just the reality that these car makers are finding themselves in. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a Toyota Camry though. No, no, 100%. All right, Bryce, let's take a quick break here. And then on the other side, we have a question from Will. Uh, he wrote through on Instagram to ask about leveraged ETFs. And you've done a lot of work on that. So uh, a good time for us to chat about that. Hey, equity mates, Bryce here. Have you caught up on our new series, Ask an Advisor? It's when we put questions to some of Australia's best professional financial advisors from you, the equity mates community. Hey, Bryce, friend, I've got a question. How do you recommend managing a share portfolio with employee share entitlements? What happens to that money? That's probably one of my biggest concerns. When is it okay to let emotion drive your investing decisions? Ask an advisor. Live in the Equity Mates feed now. Welcome back to Equity Mates. A reminder that if you have a question that you want us to answer on the show or you want us to put to one of Australia's best financial advisors, hit us up, ask at equitymates.com. We're going to uh, answer a question about leveraged ETFs. Uh, but before we do, Bryce, I've got to say you haven't mentioned a big change your your face. <laughs> if you're watching YouTube, you will understand what I'm talking about. If you are following our Instagram page, you would have seen last week that we are doing Movember. Mm. It is that time of year where we shave our faces and grow a moustache in support of raising money for men's health. And Renner's has shaved his beard, which has I don't can't remember the last time that you shaved your beard. Yeah. But not only that, I can never remember a time where you had no hair, no hair on your head and no hair as a beard. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> I, I've been wearing a hat so far because <laughs> yes. I thought I would do on camera the Mr. Potato Head reveal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the overwhelming comment has been... How much do we need to donate for you to shave the eyebrows as well? Oh, my goodness. Do is we, there an answer to that? Do we put a number on it? Is there well, an answer to what that? What number would you put on it? I no, know that, they're this buy is eyebrows. Your, this <laughs> is your... Because I'll just say 10 bucks. True. Yeah, well, I'm asking you. <laughs> you uh, should put a number on it. And and if someone donates that amount... If one person... No, no, no. If, collectively. You, oh, if, if collectively the equity mates... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...community raises the figure, you will shave your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's, okay. that's the spirit of it, isn't okay. it? Okay, all right. What's the figure? 50 grand. Yeah, I thought it was going to be high. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. Let's go. Is that, is that unreasonable? I don't think that's unreasonable. That would be over a grand, over a, grand a day. Yeah. yeah. If everyone listening to this podcast donates 50 cents, we'll get there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, there, the, there you go. The challenge is on the table. <laughs> 50 grand and uh, Ren will shave his eyebrows. As I said, if you really want to see this in action, jump on YouTube or check out our Instagram page. Links to the donation page will also be in the show notes and on our Instagram. Nice. All right. Huge. I'm going to put the hat back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to uh, leveraged ETFs. Uh, this question came through from Will. Hey, Bryce and Ren, I'd love to hear your thoughts around levered indices such as the TQQQ or SQQQ uh, given current market conditions. Look forward to hearing your comments. Love the pod. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you for that question, Will. Bryce, you've done a lot of work recently on leveraged ETFs. So I guess over to you. 
Thanks, Ren. <laughs> the work I was doing was actually trying to understand the impact of the fees on leveraged ETFs versus not. So to be cl clear here, I use leveraged ETFs as part of my portfolio, which give me uh, leveraged exposure to the US market and to the Australian market. So I use GEAR, G-E-A-R is the ticker for Australian, and I use GJUST, G-G-U-S for the US leveraged, and they both track essentially the ASX 200 and the S&P 500. So the equivalent would be buying the A200 beta shares or the SPY, whatever it is for the S&P 500. Specifically, what Will spoke about in his question was TQQQ and SQQQ. They're um, American ETFs that are leveraged. They leverage the NASDAQ. So the TQQ is long and the SQQ, it's actually an inverse and shorts the NASDAQ. Essentially, what leverage means is that it amplifies the returns of the index. So let's say it says it's a three times leveraged ETF. It means that you should expect three times the return of that index. So the S&P 500 goes up 1%, you should expect a 3% return. Correct. That is what it should do in theory. The differences between uh, the TQQ and SQQ and the ones that I use, both of the ones I use are beta shares is the, the underlying mechanics of it. And so we're not going to get into detail on that, but TQQ and SQQQ use derivatives and options. So they're a synthetic leverage, whereas beta shares actually internally gear the fund and they borrow money themselves and, and leverage the fund that way. So the question from Will was, how are we thinking about it in, t in the current environment with volatility? Yeah. Because in the short term, these products can be pretty effective because you're amplifying the short term price movements of the index. To your point, Ren, if the S&P goes up 1%, you're going to get 3%. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, if it goes down 1%, you lose 3% as well. So it Absol works both ways. Absolutely. Long term, though, the debate actually becomes more divisive. The reason being is that the way that these products work is they're matching the daily return, not the like annual return or the long-term return. And when you do the maths on it, if you're not careful, it can actually be uh, like dilutive to your returns over time. And to sort of give an example of that, what happens is let's say the index, you're putting $100 in, yep. the index drops 10%. Yep. So your value is now $90. If you're just in the normal index, not leverage, you need the market to rise just over 11% to get back to that $100. Yep. In a leveraged ETF, let's say it's three times leveraged, your $100 drops to $70 because it's three times the 10% drop. You then need the market to rise. Well, you need your stock to rise 42% in order to get back to even. And because it's leveraged, you actually need the market to rise 14% to get back to even. So you can see there that you actually need the market to move more than if you were just in the, uh, the non-leveraged index. What, where this becomes a problem though is it resets every day. And so... That happens on day one. Day two, if the market drops again, you're already 3% down. Mm. And so you can see that over time, if there's large volatility, you actually need huge movements for you to start catching up. So you, what, what you mean there, day one, it falls 10%. 
Day two, it rises 11%. If you were non-leveraged, you're back to even. Yeah. And then if day three it falls again, you, you just fall again. Yeah. But uh, with the leveraged product, day one, you fall 10%. It's actually down 30%. Day two, up 11% is up 33%. That's not enough to get back to even. Exactly. So then day three, another fall, you're falling even, even further. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, vol- so my takeaway from that is that in times of volatility, leveraged products slip. Yes. And so this has then led me to, all right, let's compare how this has played out over the last five or so years because we've experienced COVID, we've experienced the drop in 2022, yeah, well, et cetera. We've experienced a, yeah, a terrible month in 2020 and then a great year and a half and then a terrible year and then a pretty volatile time. Yes. So we've kind of experienced all market conditions. Yes. It's not, it hasn't been great. So how's it going? So, so for gear, which is the Aussie one, I then compared this to the A200. Yep. Over the last five years. So now, and and to be clear, both gear and A200 track the top 200 Australian stocks. Yeah. Gear is what three, or it's just under three times. It's between two and three times leveraged. Yeah. So this is just flat price movement. The ASX 200 is up 15%. Gear is flat. Oh, really? Yeah. In the past five years? Yeah. <clears throat> the reason is gear started to outpace A200 during the COVID recovery, started smashing through it because there was that period of time where the volatility was just up, 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 up. And so it's the same. Your, yeah. your leverage on the upside is compounded. Yeah. But then it actually hasn't recovered from in the 2022 lows. It started coming back. Mm. But because of the volatility we've experienced since the start of last year, which has been overwhelmingly negative, it has struggled to actually catch up to and surpass the ASX 200 index. So it's actually flat. However, if you then look at the impact of dividends, because you're getting leveraged return on dividends, yeah you then become, it, it becomes much closer. From just a pure share price point of view though, it, it's flat. Fascinating. Well, yeah. I, I'm even just looking at um, the two charts and just a cursory glance, you can see that the initial uh, February 2020 fall when COVID hit and it fell like 30% in a month, the gear, so the normal ASX 200 then hit all-time highs and passed all-time yeah, highs in yeah, 2021. Yeah. And by August 2021, so about 18 months later, it was the normal ASX 200 was up 7%. Yeah. Whereas gear, rather than 30%, it fell 60%. Mm. By August 2021, it was just returning to mm. break even. Mm. So I guess that's an, an example of uh, it takes more returns to make up for falls. It's, yeah. It, it's, the market needs to work a lot harder on the upside okay. for you to get back. This is changing my perception of the two products. Me too. Yeah. Which I, I want to get to that in a second. So I think it's important to remember dividends yep. because you do get three times the dividend yep. return. So then I did, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's now look at the US version, which is GGUS, GGUS. And I compared that to SPY, which is the SPDR S&P 500. Yeah. Yep. So again, both of these products are tracking the same group of 500 500 companies. SPY is just tracking them, the 500 companies. GGUS is tracking the 500 companies with leverage. There's also a small caveat that 
there's a currency hedging element as well, isn't there? Small caveat that when you look at the last five years, it makes has made a massive difference. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like we've missed the fall in the Aussie dollar and the and the the return of that. Like they've hedged out any currency. Any oh, currency because you would have you would have benefited. Would, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. So we've yeah, missed yeah. all the benefits. So for so, people who are trying to get their head around that, because if you hadn't hedged the Australian dollar, as the Australian dollar falls, your investments in uh, US companies would have actually been worth more yeah. because we price our investments in Aussie dollars yeah. but we buy them in US dollars. Yeah. And so because it's the product is hedged, yeah. rather than getting that free kick as the Aussie dollar falls, yeah. you just... Your you net asset it. value just or whatever it yeah, is yeah, just yeah. stays the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So we've missed all of that, <laughs> which yep. is slightly irritating. But it's the same story with gear. However, post-COVID... G just absolutely smoked the S&P 500 on the upside. Because like, it was leveraged. Because it was leveraged, but way more than, than, gear, than gear did. Like it shot past. Isn't like, that because it just went higher though? Yeah, it just had so much more momentum behind it and just went bang. And so it absolutely smoked the S&P 500. However, it's the same story. Hasn't been able to recover since, um, since the fall in in 2024 what what the apples to apples comparison would have been if there's an s&p 500 etf in australia that is currency hedged yeah i should look at that didn't look at that okay yeah so the story's the same so then then this got me to the point of like right because if you if you look at the since inception data for gjus which is the us one so yeah it's outperformed by about four percent and that was since 2015 okay yeah. So a pretty good time to be in the US market. Pretty like good time if, to be in the if, US market. If the takeaway yeah. is when the market is trending upwards, it's a good it's good to be in a volatile product. When it's trending downwards or going sideways, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, since 2015, it's been pretty good in the US. Yeah. It is confusing because if you have a look at the, the returns, so for example, gear, the, the last, so five year we say is flat. Three year is the fund has returned twenty percent. The index is eleven. Yeah, but that's because it would be coming off its COVID low. Yeah, like so, three years would be October twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this really got me thinking: where to from here for these products? Because the long term theory for the market is that the longer time period you take, like volatility, it is like theoretically less if that makes sense but it's more like you'd, you'd probably want to try and do the maths on it somehow or some back testing in some way to figure out like are these products actually right for 30 years someone will have done that yeah that's something we could certainly find yeah because i know why that, don't you take that as homework yeah i'll take that as homework because it's, re- <laughs> it's really got me thinking like yeah is, is is this right for my portfolio but you, do my, you my gut's still yes Okay. Yeah. I feel like you buried your mic drop moment halfway through this segment, which was the five-year returns, gear was flat, A200 was up 15%. For me, like that... Yeah, but that's five years. Like if you take the 10, you're better on the other side. All right. Well, I've just had a look uh, at... So the Vanguard Australian Shares Index, which tracks the top 200 Australian stocks, non-leveraged, um, and then gear, which tracks it, leveraged i've gone back to when gear was first created uh so early may 2014 gear is up nine percent in that time so in almost a decade up nine percent 
VAS in that same time period is up 22%. Wow. There you go. Change your perception of leveraged products, people. Yeah. It certainly changed mine. Yeah. Fascinating. A lot to think about. A lot to think about. Yeah. All right. Well, while we... Well, I think the story for me here is thank you, Will, for the question because I wouldn't have gone deep on this yeah. had not, we not been for that. Yeah. So it's definitely changed how I think about it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that, that those returns don't factor in is the leveraged dividends, but no. still... But is dividends going to make up? Yeah, I don't what think it, it wouldn't make up the difference. 15% difference. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think this is a good time to take a break as we ponder that. Mm. Then on the other side, we're going to have the opposite of that well-considered <laughs> and researched segment that Bryce has just brought us. Uh, we're going to be calling the Specky hotline Uh-oh. and speak to Specky McGee. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What the hell? Oh my god. Oh, it's a rocket ship. (laughs) Can you sit in that thing? All right. Welcome back to Equity Mates. Uh, We have been joined by a special guest in the studio. Uh, He's wearing his Halloween costume, a rocket ship. Specky McGee, thanks for joining us. Yes! (laughs) Good to be back. Happy birthday, Bryce. (laughs) <laughs> Congratulations on the superior stock of the year, Alec Thank you, thank you uh, <laughs> to, paint, to paint a picture of what we're seeing here Is Specky McGee has walked in In a rocket ship emoji costume That has a, a motor yeah. in it to keep it inflated Which, which is if you can hear the Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah can, I'll, um, Is it warm? It's actually kind of cools you down. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, I'll send the invoice later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll certainly put some photos of this up on our socials. So go to our Instagram if you want to see. But Specky, we always like to touch base with you to hear what's coming across your desk at Specky HQ. Uh, you've given us some crackers in the past, some crypto coins. Banano is one that comes to mind and a few Specky stocks. So... Nice. What's, uh, what's going on, on in your world? Well, it is good to be back. Thanks for calling the Specky Hotline. It's been a while. It's actually been over a year. It hasn't been a good time for Speckies. Well, it's interesting you say that. So I've done a bit of research on past 
Specky McGee picks. Okay. Okay, so I've come on the show five times. Nice. Five different picks. Now, before I tell you where the portfolio is at, as a comparison, where do you think the S&P 500 is at if you invested at uh, the dates of those five episodes on average? Oh, good question. I can give you the dates if that helps. Give us the first date. Uh, 4th of March, 2021. Okay, so the question is, if we had invested at five points since March, 2021, when Specky came on the show, what would, how much would we have be up or down in our portfolio? Oh, in the, okay, we'd be up. <laughs> Are you going to guess how much or? But how much were we investing? It doesn't matter uh, what doesn't percentage. Matter, yeah. On oh, average, percentage, same amount each time. Percentage, so, yeah. 4%. Up 4%? No, Ren? no, no, yeah. no, up 22%. So unless I've done the maths wrong, it's down 1.6%. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, well, it's quite topish around March 2021, wasn't it? Or cooling August off August 2021 yeah. was the top. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, there you go. But I mean, more importantly, where is the specky portfolio? If you, Bryce, yes. around, if you taken, Bryce is just playing around. I know, around I know. Phone, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting you. I'm listening. He's playing on his phone, but he still absolutely smoked me in that game. So, <laughs> all, right, all right, where would the, uh, where would, where's the, the specky portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> You're in a rocket ship suit. <laughs> you gotta take me seriously. I can't. So. Uh, are you going to give us the five picks and then we'll sure. guess? That's or? a good call. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I banana can- boat. Eye candy. Banana. Oh, eye banana. candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you remember? Eye candy. Banana. banana. Then there was the, the there was the weed one. Was was there a weed? There was Seller Network. I don't actually know what it does. It's a <laughs> crypto. And then ITRM. It was a. I don't um, remember those. No. Nah. Like. Urethra tract infection drug. UTR drug. Okay. Uh, well, that, that's what they made. And then finally. Party City Holdings. Party that's City. Right. That's Party yeah, yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if we had invested <laughs> our money in those rather than the S&P 500, what would our portfolio be looking like? I'm going to say down 50%. Yeah, I'm going to have to say uh, there, was, there was some okay ones in there. Uh, down uh, th- 31%. Well, put it this way before uh, Specky gives us the actual answer. Um, I'm pretty sure those two cryptos would be down 80 or 90%. And I'm pretty sure Party City declared bankruptcy. So, okay, okay. Yeah. so we're down 92%. Party City is down 99 points. I think it's delisted. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so overall we're down, yeah, 79%, 80%. Okay, okay. So, so not great. Better off investing in the S&P 500. Yeah. And with that glowing endorsement of this segment, let's get to what's going across your desk today. Okay. All right. So, and just on Party City... Oh, hold code. Like I had a look through the uh, Party House subreddit. Okay. okay we, we spoke about this last this time. <laughs> so yeah. they got delisted. Everyone was up in arms on the subreddit. The top comment was worst $2,500 I've ever spent. Lesson learned for a new investor. Never listen to anyone on Reddit. Okay. <laughs> nice. So except, I, except Roaring Kitty who Roaring made Kitty everyone with right. GameStop lots yeah. of money. So... I thought about that and I was like, okay, I've got a year's worth of ASX bets content here that I could sift through and find a specy, right? But then I thought, okay, I'm going to take this guy's advice. I'm not going to find a specy on Reddit. I'm going to find it another way. So I was listening to the Buy, Hold, Sell podcast. Okay. Um, Good plug. I, the hotel <laughs> you know, everyone's talking about a recession. No, no, I'm not hearing that. I don't want to hear a recession. I want to hear a risk on session. <laughs> So Adam Dawes came on and his, I think his most 
his speckiest tip was Amero International 3DA. So get it on record. This stock is going to the moon, all right? Okay. Actually, you know what? Forget about that. It's not going to the moon. It's going interstellar. Okay. And on that note, I'm going to leave you with one thing. I've asked an interstellar friend to give this stock tip on behalf of Specky McGee. So here we go. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey here, folks. I've got a piping hot stock tip for you. I'm bringing you this stock tip on behalf of Specky McGee and the Specky Hotline, y'all. Forget what Bryce and Wren say. This puppy is going to the freaking moon, baby. Marrow International. It's currently trading at 26 cents with a market cap of 100 mil. Amaro build literal rockets that could literally go to the moon. They're a leader in 3D printing. Not that plastic stuff. We're talking boronitride nanotubes. We're talking lightweight, high-strength designs for aerospace, defense, etc. They use cutting-edge technologies to produce refractory metals and specialty alloy powders for critical applications. Clients include names like Boeing and Raytheon. Forget about eye candy. Forget about Bonanno. Forget about Party City. The Specky McGeezers will have their vengeance in the form of Amaro and their titanium powder technology. This is financial advice. Past performance is sometimes an indicator of future performance. Strap yourselves in, folks. This has Tin Bagger written all over it. We're going <laughs> interstellar dang nabbit. <laughs> Specky McGee. Nice. He's back. He's done it again. We should be very clear that Matthew McConaughey does not speak for the Equity Mates community. This is not he financial advice. Specky, though. Uh, it was Specky. Uh, Specky does not represent the Equity Mates community. But uh, with a clear caveat to do your own research. Thank you, Specky. We'll speak to you again soon. Nice. Well, Ren, on that note, uh, it is time to wrap the episode. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that can come after <laughs> Thank Matthew, you, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey and Specky McGee. Now, on a, on a more serious note, please, uh, we have a $50,000 commitment or a $50,000 challenge. challenge to hit. So if you want to see Ren shave his eyebrows... <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there uh, regretting doing that. But if you want to see Ren shave his eyebrows, then please uh, head to our donation page. Link will be in the show notes. You can follow us on Instagram as we grow our mows. Every day we'll be doing an update and you can uh, also donate through the link in our Instagram page. But as always, Ren, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting stocks. Uh, we've got through a lot today. Uh, again, if you'd like to uh, submit a question, hit us up at ask at equitymates.com. But we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 